Welcome back. Welcome back. It's good to hear and see you. So for those of you who have been listening to us for a while, you will notice that we've been on hiatus uh, for some some time here. A couple reasons for that. So the first reason is we had uh, some conversations about what to do with the show going forward in terms of kind of content and attitude of the show of the, and that. So we spent some time talking about it. I think we know what we don't want to happen. Is it worth going into detail? I think it's worth explaining a little bit about sort of what we thought the show was heading towards and at least how it influenced our mindsets in day-to-day life. Yeah, so, so basically uh, a, b- a big part of the reason why we haven't been recording the show is I did not want to have the show turn into just a bunch of us bitching and complaining about stuff that frustrated us, which I don't think the show always was, but occasionally it would turn into that. And uh, while that can be funny, sometimes, I mean, like we both, we're both on the record as saying we really like shows like Curb Your Enthusiasm, where you have a guy like Larry David who just complains about all this stuff that's happening to him. And it's kind of humorous from the outside. But as the person doing the complaining, I don't think that it's that great for your kind of mindset and mental health. Yeah, just from a mental health perspective, I I don't think it's good to constantly be looking for things to complain about. So instead, we kind of want to keep the show about observing things related to social norms and etiquettes and kind of everyday absurd circumstances and that, but not descend into looking for things to complain about that happen to us in our daily lives. So that's kind of what we're trying to do going forward. I think the quote that sums it up the best, which you told me several months ago, is don't let anybody hear you complaining, including yourself. Recently got Twitter. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. So uh, first impressions, what have you been thinking about dipping your toes into Twitter? It's different. A lot of the content that I've seen, even on Instagram, Facebook, have been little pieces taken from Twitter, so I'm just going directly to the source. Uh, yeah, reading some of the tweets from different people, like Novel and so on, have been pretty good because Instagram lacks that sort of thing. At least I haven't found those guys' pages on there. I, I've, I've stayed clear of all the nonsense, but it's good to get, a, get out from under the rock and see a couple of things firsthand instead of waiting months and months to see it on by the time it filters and goes through Instagram or Facebook or people actually talking about it. So I know one of the things that's going on on Twitter kind of back at HQ as they're thinking about how to, how to rein in some of the nonsense. There's talk of getting rid of like totals. So on Twitter, if you look at any tweet, there are a couple of numbers. There's the number of comments. There's the number of people who retweeted, which is basically reposting the same thing on their profile, on their timeline. And then there's a third number, which is likes, these little little hearts, which basically conveys uh, agreement with the content of the tweet. So one of the things that's come up is the possibility of getting rid of some of these quantitative numbers. The whole point of social media is for people to get the likes. So if you're hiding the likes, or it, it takes away from the experience. It's a, it's a modern currency, essentially. Yeah, so hey, let me ask a question. If, if they're getting rid of it, 
that's only the viewer or the person who posts the the article or whatever see the likes or just the like button is just gone altogether. If we're talking about likes, my understanding is that it might just be gone altogether. But I've heard of similar whispers from other social media companies, which could be different. So I've heard some people propose that YouTube should get rid of view totals. And those view numbers would still exist because people are still watching it. But the only person who'd be able to see it would be the person who owns the channel, basically. It would be within their analytics, but it wouldn't be publicly viewable. I don't like that, really. So here's why I actually lean towards liking it. Even even the view totals or just the The, likes? More so the view totals than the likes. Really? I I, I have the, the opposite opinion. I one of the the problems I have with social media is like the social proof aspect of it that just because something has a lot of views or a lot of likes that is an an indication of the truth of it basically okay so when you see a tweet which is just total nonsense and it has like 10,000 likes on it because there are 10,000 different idiots who saw it and agreed with it oh. I I think it's a social Peer pressure. It's like a peer pressure thing. And like I said, it, to me, it's like a hijacking of social proof. And then from a view perspective for like online videos, specifically on YouTube, the temptation to only watch stuff that's already got like a whole bunch of views instead of the, the little channels is always there because in the back of your mind, you just have this idea of, well, you know, these channels already have a bunch more views. That probably means they're that much better. A lot of times, I think that's not the case. And it's just a reinforcing loop that the channels who are already big get more views just because they're already big. Yeah. And the opposite for the small channels. Like, and and I, I feel like if it's just a level playing field where you don't actually see the view totals, it would be just a bit more meritocratic, essentially. Like let the, the videos stand for themselves rather than like this reputation from their number of views. Mm-hmm. That that's an interesting perspective. I thought you were going, you were coming at that from a different point of view. So leveling out the channels, I get. Okay, I can get behind that. What I like to use the the view count for for YouTube videos. If I'm looking at something, like if I'm listening to a song and I want to find a video for it, usually the most official one tends to have the most views and and so on. Usually, usually. So it just helps narrow down the search. Because I may not remember the song name and other details of it. Yeah, I do think that there are some platforms that have made it work without the views. So, for instance, Netflix. Netflix doesn't have any view totals yeah. under their stuff. You don't get to see how many people viewed the first episode of season three of yeah. Stranger Things, right? But, but, but here's the difference to that. People use likes, views. I'm, I'm, I'm lumping in YouTube with the rest of the social media things because it's, it's users themselves that up, upload things. It's all it's 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 street cred, and you want to be able to sh- uh, show off. Hey, my my video got ten likes. Like, all right, great. And some dude comes along. <laughs> ten? <laughs> well, hang on, I'm not done. Some dude comes along. Wow, mine got a hundred. And then the next, it goes up. And I th- I think people like to they want they like to see it. So great. Okay, if 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 each channel gets to see their own views and statistics, but they also like that other people can see it. It's the same reason why people buy Rolex, and not that I agree with it and everything, but it's it's 
to show off. It's a kind of social status. Yeah, it for is for modern times. It is. You get a hundred likes on your Instagram picture. It's like a milestone to reach. Great. I don't know what you do with that status, but you get gratification from it. I see you. I think that's what people like about social media. So this is one of the things that I do like about podcasts, though, is there are no public view or listen download totals. There might be on some specific platforms, I guess, but in general, podcasts are this kind of decentralized medium that doesn't have one specific platform and that shows all the download yeah. you know, totals. And to me, that's great because you stumble upon a podcast that sounds interesting. You judge it completely based on the merit of the podcast and not you don't make these judgments based on how many downloads it has. So I think that's helpful for a small growing podcast like ours, right? That we <laughs> when people see our show and they see some other show that might be 10 or 100 times bigger, that's not necessarily obvious, right? I think a key difference in how you're comparing Netflix podcasts and social media is Social media had the likes, and now it's going a different direction. You know, getting rid of something. Whereas Netflix and the the podcasts never showed those things to begin with. That's true. So people got used. Basically, what I'm saying: people get used to something. If it changes, some people lose their minds. Once you have something, it's very difficult to take it away. So I'm, I'm not in favor for getting rid of the view count or the likes. But if it, if it did happen, I'll, I'll find a way to live. <laughs> <laughs> I think Venmo is great. Very simple, easy way to send money to your friends. We've, we've used it. One of the things that I find so strange, though, is when I log in, I'm greeted with this list of all of these transactions from other people who I'm friends with. And it's all like, this person sent this other person $5 for a beer. This person. Oh, you see the, you see the amounts too? I can't, I, I can't remember it, to be okay. honest. Maybe it doesn't say the specific amounts. I, I think you're right. Yeah, it, it just says the description of okay, the transaction. Yes, yes. That, that's what I recall seeing. Okay, that's a good point. That's a good point, because it would be even weirder if it said the specific amounts. Okay, but I find it super weird that it says anything at all that it even says this person sent this other person money for something i find that really weird that people just openly have share, their share that, sh- share that. cuz my my profile is set so that all of the transactions that i do are private they're just between me and the person who i'm sending or receiving money from and it blows my mind that other people's settings aren't the same way <laughs> I've, I've, I've got, I've, I have an understanding or my, my own interpretation of why people do that. I have to double check of how my profile is set because I don't know if it is private or not because I did it so long ago. Didn't, I didn't even think you needed to set anything private with a, an app for exchanging funds with people. But it's a feature that I think people like the social media aspect of Venmo. That's my least favorite part about it. But, but people like that. I, I get it. And that's why you have everything private. I don't want people to know who I'm paying money to and for what amount and what. Well, it doesn't show the amounts, but for what purpose. But I think people like other people knowing or at least just sharing it. Maybe they don't care. But generally, if you're paying people back or people are paying you, you're out there doing stuff. Life's great. It's just about 
social media life versus reality. If we shared all the transactions, it looked like, oh, we're going out every weekend and having a good time and all that. Instead of us just going to the grocery store, we saved three seconds for one person just paying for something instead of both of us doing it. That's it. So reality seems less cool than the, the fake news, social media aspect of Venmo. Or one of my friends likes to have fun with it and makes up embarrassing things of paying. It's like, hey, I bought you really, really weird, embarrassing things, which I think I do have it set to private because when I saw that, I'm like, okay, I, I, I don't want this showing up <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I, I do get the social status and signaling aspect of it, I guess. Like if you have a lot of transactions and they seem interesting, then like, oh, this person, they're, they're going out to bars, they're getting sushi. You know, I'm just, just reading the emojis, right? Yeah, like taco sushi. Yeah. Maybe we should just start sending each other like one, like one cent back and forth, just a penny, and just make up all this really interesting shit that we're doing all the time. I think Venmo will be mad at us because they don't make any money from that. And not our problem. Yeah, who cares? Also, if someone's in reality doing all this extra stuff, what's the benefit of sharing that? But that, you, what's the benefit of sharing anything on anything? What's the benefit of, and this of is, sharing stuff on Instagram? I guess it is the same thing. It's this just, is, yeah, we're heading down a rabbit hole of this stuff. One attempt that I've heard of to try and uh, squash a little bit of this oversharing, there are some concerts now where if you go to them, you are not allowed to use your phone. Same thing, same thing with uh, stand-up. And they police this by using these like special bags that you have to put your phone in and then it locks and you're not allowed to get it out until the event is over and then they come around and unlock it and you get your phone back. For years, I've gone to events where that's the case and I don't like not being... <laughs> I don't like giving, just leaving my phone somewhere. I just want to have it on me. I'll respect the rules of not using it, but I just don't want to leave it somewhere. So you've been to events like this. I think one of the first events was over five years ago. See, this whole idea of basically confiscating phones, I think that's a great idea. <laughs> I, I still haven't been to an event where they did that. I wish that I have. I would go to more of those. I wish, I wish that I could almost exclusively go to things like that. I think what you should do is you just bring a big plastic bucket or something and you go around and you, you get there early, wait by the door, as people are coming in, there's no phones, just leave your phone here. Just wear a very official looking shirt. Yeah. And I don't know how you're going to figure out whose phone goes to what, but. That's why you need some kind of like a bag system or like. It's like a valet. It's like a phone valet. Yeah. So the places that I've been to that actually took your phone, the most efficient way to do it is they had a, like a phone filing system, like one big storage area. But the lines are very long because at the end of the show, everybody's going to go get it. It was a very well orchestrated ordeal, but the event was huge. My sister somehow was able to keep her phone. <laughs> I tried using creative methods, but I was found out. So did you see many phones, like uh, black market phones out and about during that event? I did not. So everybody just, anybody who smuggled it in just kept it in their pocket? Yeah. That's good. What do you feel like that did to the quality of the experience? Do you feel like it, it was better that nobody had their phones out? Now I think about it, there, there is some improvement because I was... Focus on the show because that's the only thing that's going on. I found that 
being at concerts where there's someone in front of you who stands up with their phone high up above their head, like arms straight up in the air trying to record something. I get distracted and I look at the phone instead of yes. paying attention. That That is annoying. To me, there's two levels of improvement to the experience. Granted, like I'm saying, I haven't been to a show like this. I'm just imagining. <laughs> but to me, I see two benefits. The first benefit is your experience of the show improves because you're not seeing other people's screens. Like you're saying, it drives me crazy when I'm at a concert like and it's standing and all these people in front of me, I just... I've got like 50 phones in my vision, right? That are just these bright, glowing, little, tiny, less accurate recreations of what's actually going on up there on stage. I find it really distracting. I also think there's a second quality improvement, which is for the people who can't help but take out their phones and try to record it. I think they're enjoying the experience better because that option has been taken away from them. (laughs) And... They don't have the option of watching the concert through their phone, which is just not as good. I agree. Whenever you're recording or trying to take a picture of something, it takes you away from the moment. We've, we've talked about this uh, before at length. Now, now I realized when I go and do things or I'm at significant events, like big events, I find I have hardly any pictures at all because I'm just there observing it, taking it in, all in. And it's great during that time. But a few weeks later, I start to forget some things. But other people take enough pictures, and then I, I get those. I'm like, oh, I remember that. But there's none. There's very few of my actual photos taking it. So the only downside to this, which is really no downside, is when people share, like on, on social media, they've got all these great photos, whereas I, I hardly have any because I, I didn't take any. So if I do want to share something, there's usually a time delay, and it's less of a big event because now every, I'm like two or three steps behind. What's, what's interesting is people, I'm going to use a wedding example because that was the most recent big event. Like during the reception itself, they've got wedding photos already up. In my mind, it's the news reporter who's like first on the scene, which when you think about it, it's not unreasonable because Snapchat is the, you know, that's instantaneous. Right. Uh, and there, there were a lot of those going around too. Yeah, in my, in my mind, going back to like the the picture thing, I think there are two reasons to take pictures. You can take a picture that is like really high quality. You focus on things like the composition, proper exposure, very high quality photo that you'd be proud of to share with other people, post on a place like Instagram. You're proud of the picture for like the merit of the photograph itself. But then there's another reason to take the picture, which is basically just a kind of like mental shortcut to remind yourself of that situation of a memory yeah of a memory and it doesn't need to be high quality basically at all so the last concert that we went to together pretty recently went to this killers concert i believe i took one photograph the whole time that we were there and in my mind it was like the lighting wasn't good you know it was dark and it was outside i was i I was not going to get a good photograph i'm not even going to waste my time trying I'm going to take one photograph of this so I remember that it happened, and that we went to it, and that's good enough. At some point, I'll see it in the future and remember, oh, yeah, I remember that Killers concert we went to, and that's all that I'm looking for. I think it, it helps jog up a, a bunch of other memories nearby the event, but not the actual event. Like the, the, the couple of pictures I have from, from the, that concert were when we were eating at the, at the taco place. 
even though I, I, the, the picture I have is just being at the restaurant. But I've got a, a, a few other memories of just the funny stuff that happened while we were there, even though I don't have actual pictures of that. Yeah. And, and to me, that's, that's like the number one benefit of photographs is like a way to kind of serve as like an external hard drive yeah. for your brain. Yeah. Basically. I think I, I, of the two reasons you mentioned, I thought one of them was going to be, which would, I, I think is a third reason, is, is purely to post on social media for street cred. Well, to me, that's related to the first one. Like I said, you, you want to take a really high quality photograph. Yeah. But I see what you're saying, that it's yeah. like almost, it's, it's like the content of the image. Yes. Like we're at a very cool place. It, yeah, so it. I think it's, uh, well, the first reason you said is based on, because there's, there's a lot of photos that I've taken of that I think are really good. That I look at them like, this is a good picture. But I don't post that one. Why don't, not? I, I don't know why. It's just I I don't I don't want to post it. That's why. Because you're not doing something cool enough. No, it's not. It's definitely not cool. I don't think it's cool. But I just don't. I don't. I don't feel the need to share that part. Why am I sharing it? Because it because it's a beautiful, very well done picture. But I took it for me, not for anybody else. Uh, I have. You're like a relic from a lost age. Yeah, I was born outside of my time. I guess. I think one of the recurring themes on this show is me basically asking you, am I insane or is this, <laughs> is this in any way normal? I, I, I like these ones, the, like a sub, but am I insane on the yeah, my perfectly reasonable uh, podcast? I've got a few of these that I've already shared with you just on day-to-day things. Like I've come home, it's like, okay, this is what happened. Am I, am I losing my mind? Um, so mo- most of them you've already heard, but I, 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 from, from my point of view, I enjoy these Okay, so because it, it, it's almost like a way for me, cause we, we share a lot of opinions or at least similar views on, on different things. And by you asking me and me thinking about it, it's, it's another way for me to at least help answer the same question about myself. Am I crazy? Sometimes yes, but. Most of the time, if it's agreement with you, then at least I know that all right, we're good. So one of the things that I struggle with is whether or not to accept friend requests on Facebook. And there is a collection of people that I have at this point who are trapped in what I call friend request purgatory, who are people who have sent me a friend request and I have just not responded. I have not accepted them, and I have not uh, rejected them. So my first question is going to be, do you have anyone in friend request purgatory? Do you have any outstanding friend requests? I've got, combined between Facebook and Instagram, maybe 20 people. Oh, okay. <laughs> that are stuck in That's this, in this uh, pseudo-friend group of, uh, not even a pseudo, they're just stuck there. At the door, waiting, ringing the doorbell. Don't know if anyone's home or not. Well, I don't know if you know this or not, but... So I have more questions about... Well, first, I'm going to show you something to give you a sense of the extent of my problem. So I don't know if you know this or not, but on the mobile Safari or just mobile internet version of Facebook... So not the app, it's a browser on I, a mobile I don't device. know. 
I don't know about the app because okay. I don't have the app installed. The only two the only two places I get on Facebook are on my desktop class browser that's on my laptop or on my phone's browser. Okay. The only two places I log in. I don't use the apps. On the the normal internet browser on my laptop, it doesn't show this. But on my phone's browser, for whatever reason, I can see how long the request has been pending. Really? So you should try this. Uh, so I took a screenshot to give you an idea of how long some of these people have been living in front request purgatory. So you see a number on the right. I've, I've got a number in my head too, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to, to see. <gasps> wow. The, this is impressive. So you can just just read off the lengths of time. So we've got one, two, three, four, five. That's six. not all of them. That's just oh the screenshot. But the, screenshot. all the six people here on the screen, it ranges from one month to nine years. <laughs> nine years. <sighs> Woo! This this person's been waiting for nine years. Then we got four years, three years, eight years, two years, and at the bottom there's someone from a month ago. One month. Uh, the person from a month ago, I genuinely have no idea who that person is, and I should probably just decline. So you hear, uh, there's been a couple of people who have seen my the, my same list like that, and one person had very strong views about that, and I think it, it I think it's just based on personality. It's like there there are two types of people. If you've got emails synced to your phone, you either read every single email so that there's no notification. Or you just don't care and have them pile up. If for me, for friend requests, if I get the notification and if I don't accept them, I don't, I don't delete them anyway. I just, it, it just goes into nothing. The notification goes away. I don't worry about it. Of all the people that send me requests, some of them I know, but majority I don't know. And if I don't know, you're not getting in. Sorry, dude. It's like there's no point to this. The majority of these people are like old, old acquaintances slash friends so people that i knew from like grade school haven't talked to them in years and years and then they request me and basically i remember hanging out with them in like elementary school and being friends with them or whenever this was and i feel i feel guilty about declining the friend request because i I remember them fondly as like you know kids or whatever so there's that on on one hand but on the other hand there's just the reality of like we're adults like well into adulthood at this point. I haven't spoken to them in like years and years. I don't think we have anything in common at this point. Why do we need to be friends on here? So my solution to this is I just don't do anything. (laughs) And I have some unanswered questions. So I don't know if these people are able to see that their friend request is still pending. I think they do. (laughs) I, I, I think they do. Otherwise, they'd just keep hitting request. And then if you hit decline, I don't know if they get a, a message saying, oh, they decline it. I don't, I think if you decline, they don't see anything. Okay. It makes sense just from a, um, if you're an unstable person, maybe that will put you over the edge <laughs> and create other problems. I wanted to bring this up with you before so that we could do some experiments. Because I'm curious to know, like, first of all, can you see, how easily can you see your pending requests that you've made of other people? Second question, is it possible to rescind a friend request? Right? There, there are different things that I want to know about these people. I, I'm curious just... to know how many of them know that they've been in this purgatory, and are they still just waiting 
do they what do they think about this basically at this point i almost want to accept a couple of them like the eight and the nine-year ones and then message them and, <laughs> and ask them their opinion on I think that's a bad idea, but I'm also interested to hear the, the response. Oh, the only reason why I want to do this would be basically for like... Research. For research. <laughs> now that I think about it, you might be the only other person that I know for, like that very close that has a long list. I have a, a pretty bad memory when it comes to names and faces. And I may, I've gotten friend requests and say, I don't remember this person. I think so, but not really quite sure. And so I just leave them... I've done the same thing. Yeah. I can't remember them. I don't know why this person, why would a stranger friend request me? It's kind of my thought process. So it must be someone who does know me, but I can't remember them. So then I wait. Yeah. And then I never figure out who they are. <laughs> and sometimes I've asked people about it. And, I can't, and then I've tried this to accept it and then send a message in a polite way. Who are you? <laughs> what are you doing? Close to 80% of whatever requests I have are people I have no idea who they are. It's sometimes. Not a personal page, but maybe associated with a business or a, some other thing that they're trying to promote. And so I don't decline those either. Oh, bro. It, even I decline those. I just, <laughs> I just, I just leave. And maybe this is why I've got more people in queue than, than you do. It just, just leave them alone. Almost every time that I ask you the am I crazy question, it turns out that either I'm not crazy or maybe it's just... We're both crazy. It's just we're both crazy yeah. in... We're not a good measuring stick for either of us. <laughs> I, I, I think on a lot of these, we're, we're just both crazy. If you define it crazy as... Out not, of the norm. Not necessarily... Yeah, right. This is out of the norm is what I mean. You yeah. can look at crazy two ways. There's crazy as in that's completely irrational. And then there's crazy as in that deviates from the normal thing to do. I swear I'm not crazy from a rational perspective. I feel like I do things... Like I'm very reasonable and there's thought behind my actions, but I totally admit in terms of what do normal, what do most people do? What's the usual thing to do? I think I am. I think I'm crazy. I'd agree there. 